Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we are joined by Devin Real who is the uh, founder and co-owner of Enginate. He has 15 years of experience doing design, development, sales, and strategy. He's worked with hundreds of clients all around the globe, and he specializes in client strategy and project architecture. Welcome to the program, Devin. Thanks, Brent. Great to be here. So, uh, Devin, tell us a little bit about uh, the type of work that your agency specializes in today. Sure. So Enginate has um, traditionally been a design and development shop. And I would say these days, what we focus a lot on is what we call the client discovery process. So somebody comes with a project in mind or a business need, and they just need someone to guide them through the road mapping of what that's going to look like, ask the right questions, um, you know, architect a plan, and then we often do execute the plan, but we spend a lot of time. We have a whole process on that. And uh, the project could be anything from like a web application to a small business website to a marketing plan. Um, but there's a whole process there. It's, it's very similar to if you were building a house, having an architect come in and sort of translate your ideas and dreams into a reality <laughs> that... Uh, developers or builders will understand. And um, where did you originally uh, found that company? Well, the the company, I started as a freelancer and I basically founded it in the back of a van. Uh, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, I spent 10 years as a touring uh, funk drummer. And so um, when I wasn't playing 150 shows a year, 
on the road, uh, when I was coming home a few days a week, I was supplementing my income. And the other guys I was playing with were uh, teaching music lessons. And I basically taught myself web design and web development. And so um, for many years, I was I was doing it by myself. And then um, several years ago, uh, re- uh, rebranded and founded an Enginate, co-founded Enginate with uh, Asia, who is also my spouse. So um, it's, yeah, it's definitely evolved. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you now operating that agency? So we are a Chicago-based business. However, we moved our family to Uvita, Costa Rica. Um, myself and Asia and our twin five-year-olds. Uh, we moved down to a little rural town in Costa Rica on the Pacific Coast. And that's where we've been for two years. And we've been operating the agency from here. We have a network of contractors, which are actually all around the world. A lot of them are U.S.-based. Some of them are overseas. And that, that team's about six to eight people. And I, obviously I kind of knew where these answers were going to lead us today. And I just, <laughs> I just want to highlight for a yeah. moment for our listeners, uh, the freedom, if you so choose, uh, freedom of location, I should say, uh, if you so yeah. choose, uh, within this business of what's actually possible. And I think that you have, uh, between where and when you started your business and, and where you operate it from today uh, is a beautiful illustration of that, you know, potential yeah. uh, to, to run a successful agency from from anywhere, from the back of a a, a band <laughs> van to uh, to Costa Rica. So, um, so that's thank you for that, Devin. What um, let's talk about Costa Rica for a bit. And there's there's several things I'd, I'd love to come back to in terms of of topics to to kind of. Uh, dig into today, but well, let's start with the Costa Rica uh, thing because you've now been there for how long? I've uh, been here for just about two years at the time we're recording this. Yeah, so two years. Uh, what was the catalyst for that decision? I mean, I I can tell you wholeheartedly that my uh, I have daydreamed many a day that you know I could move my business or move myself somewhere else, experience different culture. Uh, experience a different lifestyle for a period of time, uh, but I have not really acted on it as much. I mean, I have recently moved, but just from like one place in Colorado to another that was like 30 miles away. Uh, Did not go, you know, across the U.S. border uh, or anything like that. So what was the uh, catalyst for you and Asia to move your family down there? And um, yeah, let's start there. Yeah, sure. So Asia and I took a, a anniversary, a wedding anniversary trip down to Costa Rica and we stayed at this pretty cool place called Bodhi Surf and Yoga and it's they they um really interesting business in its own um it's they do one week sessions where you basically spend a couple hours a day learning to surf and a couple hours a day doing yoga and it was in this town that I live in now which is pretty rural uh I mean just to describe it for your listeners we're talking about less than a couple thousand people. A lot of the roads are dirt roads. Um, I think there's only been a paved highway to this region for about 10 years. So you can imagine the amount of change that's happened here in 10 years versus like the 40 before it, you know? Um, 
And there is a little bit of an expat community here. It's, it's attracted some folks from Canada and the United States and other places in Europe. But um, yeah, so we, so we came here on vacation. We went through that experience. We made some really great friends and stayed in touch with them. And we had decided that we were going to leave Chicago. We were potentially going to go to California. And during that conversation, we had this wild, crazy idea. Hey, what if we didn't do that? What if we maybe tried to make Costa Rica work and we know these people and, you know, we know we could get a house and we know there's a school there and like, this is kind of crazy, but what if we did that? And that's where it started. Um, and, and then we did one scouting trip and then literally from that scouting trip, which was about 10 days long, just looking for houses and and that kind of thing. Uh, I think it was six months from that point to where we packed nine duffel bags and got on a plane with our twins who were three at the time and moved down here. (laughs) As as somebody with a current three-year-old, I just, I, I, gosh, man, I just, there's so many things I want to ask. I mean, first of all, what, uh, so the, this, this kind of crazy idea comes up and I, you know, my, my wife and I, we have, Lots of conversations about crazy ideas that some of them turn out, some of them don't. Um, But so this one in particular for you guys uh, moving abroad with the family kind of develops and and you said over, you know, six months basically goes from idea to actually happening. Um, What were some of the things, the fears or anxieties that you guys had about this? I mean, what were some of the reservations ahead of time of uh, if this is not a good idea, what could possibly happen? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Well, a few caveats here, right? For starters, we, we did not own a house. So that was not like an entanglement we had to figure out. We owned a car. That's not hard to sell. Uh, but, you know, there's a little bit of like the fear of, okay, if we jump on this and it doesn't work, then we're kind of back to zero, right? But, you know, the stakes the stakes of that's going to be different for every person. And I mean, I've met so many families that have done this down here now that I've seen the wide range, you know, some of them, it's like the things they had anchoring them. Uh, they're, I call them sort of like homeland, like anchors slash assets, <laughs> uh, you know, really affect how uh, easy it is for this kind of thing to happen. Um, and oftentimes that's employment. I mean, I just want to reiterate what you said at the beginning, which is, like, do not underestimate if you're listening to this and you work in this field, like the power of having the ability to do your work from anywhere that has an internet connection. And I'm not talking about like hopping around from like Airbnb and like, you know, like coffee, getting working in coffee shops. I'm saying like literally just being able to move yourself to another place because um, A, like in a lot of countries, you can't actually work legally. Like if you're, if you decide to move there. Um, like you can't work in that country and earn money. In that country, yeah. right. Like you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to become a teacher. Like that sometimes that doesn't, that's not even legal. Uh, in Costa Rica, it's not. Um, you would need to be like sponsored. That very rarely happens. They very rarely give jobs to foreigners um, that can be filled by Costa Ricans. So um, if you can continue to work, where you are, uh, wherever you are. I mean, that's just a massive 
massively huge element of this. This would not happen if we didn't have that capability. So that's really important. Um, as far as other fears, I mean, I think some other commons on, common ones I've heard and I thought of were like, oh, what about our family? We'll be so far from them. It's really not that far, man. Like we're two hours from Miami. You know, it's uh, if you guys are not 100% up on your geography, Costa Rica is not an island. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit south of Mexico. A little bit north, it's right north of Panama, um, and it's it's a two-hour flight to Houston. It's a two-hour flight to Miami. I mean, it's it it would be more work for our family to go to California and visit us than it would be to come here. So, it's really not that's not really uh, something that you have to worry about so much. Um, so those are a couple of things. I mean, another just speaking to the work thing, we were wondering, hey, what are our clients going to say? Yeah. I mean, that's the one I, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to ask that. So, <laughs> uh, so look, there's a couple things to think here. First of all, if you were going to move your office from Denver to Chicago, like would your clients care? Probably wouldn't care. Like you just tell them that in a conversation and they'd say, okay, great. Well, you know, are we going to talk next week? If you tell them you're going to move from Denver to Costa Rica, then they, they, there's definitely a perception thing going on there. And the perception is you're moving to a place where people vacation. So you're probably going to be on the beach all day. And like, are you going to do as good work? I, I don't know if there's a way to avoid that, <laughs> but if I was a client, that's what I would think. And so mm. we were a little concerned about that. And so what we did is we moved, um, we moved down here. We worked for about six months, and and to be completely transparent with them, I mean, we were traveling back to the United States to, you know, finish things up. Or like I came to the U Summit conference, um, you know, the important things, Brent. You know? So <laughs> thank, um, thank you also for I, I, yeah. I know. Well, I'll, I'll get into other topics later. But okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so. Um, uh, we were, we were traveling back and forth. We still had an address in Chicago. We still got checks sent to the address in Chicago. We had a, an assistant, an office assistant who was collecting those checks, depositing them, right? So there was still a, a presence there. And, and the other thing you have to keep in mind here is like our immigration status in Costa Rica, we are tourists. I mean, that is what we are. Uh, we, in Costa Rica, uh, you can come here for 90 days as a tourist after which point you need to leave the country um, and then come back in. So you could go to Panama, come back in. You could go to uh, the United States. And the thing is, we travel quarterly. So this is not a big deal. We'll go back home, you know, four, three, four times a year. And or we'll travel around the region. You know, we'll visit some other countries we've never been to that are really close. And so we fulfill that requirement. But like we're still tourists. So on paper, and in every like legal sense, we're still just like you, man. Like, except that our vacation isn't like one week. It's like 90 days at a time, <laughs> if that makes sense from a, from a sort of a legal standpoint. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I and I want to like kind of anchor this in, I know we have these perceived fears of what's, you know, the, all the reasons that we ta think to ourselves about why we aren't going to do something, why something would be a terrible idea, why something would fail. And in my experience, usually reality does not play a hundred percent to that tune. Usually the things that I fear, 
usually aren't that actually they're, they're not that big of a deal. And, and usually the things that I didn't even know about were the ones that I should have been like, Oh, that's what we should have been thinking about. That, that's what really matters here. Or maybe sure. none of it really uh, holds any bearing. So you guys had a fear that your clients were going to care whether that means that they care that you're going to do less work. I mean, the, the long tail fear there is they're going to choose to move on move from engineering yeah, because sure. you guys are vacationing for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they think we're doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and the way that Asia said it to me the other day, which I think really encapsulates this well is like, you know, our work day is the same, man. Like we get up, we have our coffee, we get, we know we come into the office I mean, I'm looking out my office window and, and I'm looking at the jungle. That's kind of cool, but it's still an office. I'm still working. It's the bookends around work that are monumentally different. Um, and so like how my day starts, how my day ends, the time I spend with my kids in the evenings and afternoons, like that's, that's the different part. The rest, the quality of the work actually goes up because everything else is feeling really good. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, so, as, as you just started yeah. talking about, you know, your, your bookends are, um, have improved, like your overall life has improved. So, uh, you know, have you seen any benefits in terms of focus and in terms of prioritization yes. and just the whole planning thing? Uh, has that affected your work? Because you guys had to obviously plan a very complex transition in your personal yes. life. And has that, you know, has this benefited your professional practice? It has benefited the professional practice. It has produced better work. Um, you know, I think there's a couple other things we should touch on. One is like the time zone difference. Like if somebody's, you know, listening to this in Seattle and they're like, hey, you know, I want to move to Indonesia and like do this. I mean, Godspeed, that's awesome. Like you could probably pull it off, but you know, that's a major time zone difference. Like here we're talking about going from Chicago, which is central time to Costa Rica, which half the year is central time and half the year is like mountain standard. Like they don't have daylight savings here. So it's, it's a one hour time shift. So logistically not a big issue. I am absolutely horrific at understanding time zones when I make meetings. So Asia is like all over that and, and she, she's managed that really well. Um, but no balls have been dropped there. Um, yes, productivity has gone up. I think the other thing is compressed work day. Cause like the school down here gets out at two o'clock, our kids preschool, the, the schools in the United States, oftentimes, you know, the kids in, in preschool to like five or six, that was our experience in Chicago. And so, um, I found myself working like eight to two. And then maybe if there was some like a little bit of like extra work that needed to be done, I'd do it after they're asleep. But that doesn't happen nearly as much as it did when I had eight to five, which is kind of interesting. And we're still getting, you know, I mean, this is not, uh, I'm not breaking any news here for people who have like listened to Tim Ferriss or anyone else who talks about, you know, compressing the amount of time you have to do a task. And what that does versus giving yourself more time to do the task, you'll fill that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you, if you, if you tell your team like, Hey, let's meet about topic X for an hour, uh, yeah, you know, you so, somehow magically you're at an hour 15. Dude, whereas if you, you every know, time. tell your team, Hey, we're going to, we're going to jam on this for 20 minutes and then we're going to be out like everybody, yeah. you know, and we're going to do it standing. Right. Um, right, right. Totally. I mean, some other fears, if you want to just keep, uh, I mean, I think some people have fears about like, oh, uh, I don't know, health, um, like what's the health 
care situation, especially if you're in a rural place, right? Like, well, and you guys um, have kids too. So that's, I mean, I, I feel kids. like yes, when it was just me, whatever, I'll go to Mexico. Right. Oops, drink the You'll water. Go to Mexico <laughs> and live on like, yeah. But I mean, you know, where we live, the water's really clean. Um, there are medical facilities, you know, there's a hospital 15 minutes away. There's, um, I, I can honestly say that in the two years we've been here, we've never been more healthy as a family. Um, I literally think this week was the first time I got sick and it was for like a day and it was unrelated <laughs> really to the environment. But the, the big fears that we worried about turned out to not be the case. So closing the loop on the clients, like we did eventually tell our clients um, sort of one by one, they found out, you know, just in conversations and all of them were like over the moon, thought it was the coolest thing. Oh, that's great. Like what an amazing gift to give your kids another language, uh, way to, you know, way to go. This is great. I'm going to tell my friends about this, you know, that kind of thing. And you're just like, okay, well, that's not how I thought that was going to go. <laughs> and and, um, you know, instead the challenge might be like figuring out how to eradicate sugar ants from your kitchen in the tropics, you know, something like that, which I had no idea was even a thing, but we did figure that out, but it took like a few months. So I'm not trying to trivialize this. I, I think there are things you have to figure out and there's smart things you have to plan. And our experience is going to be different than someone moving to another country, but I would just say that whatever fears or reservations we had uh, did not bear out in terms of like, you know, problems. So, um, I mean, and that's, that's fascinating to me because the fear is that you're going to lose clients. And I don't know if you guys could, can you actually say that you gained clients or improve that relationship or was it yeah. more just so, okay. So the fear Dude, okay, is you're so, going to lose clients. The reality is, is you end up gaining clients. Yeah, we gained clients. I mean, we definitely gained clients. And we also took a really deliberate stance that we wanted to be a small agency in terms of the client roster and, and how many people we wanted to work with. And we capped it at 30, which is very different than where we were when we were working in New York City. We had over 100 clients. We absorbed another agency, which you helped us um, sort of work through that whole process of growth. And I think a lot of that work ended up going into the 10K bootcamp uh, content. You know, that was a case study that that stuff worked. And so, um, you know, I, but, but we deliberately constricted our client base because we felt like we could do deeper work for less people, for higher value, for higher pay. Right. That was the connection. And that has been the case. And so we do continue to acquire new clients, um, but it's not like we're trying to acquire a lot at a, you know, at like a rapid pace, that kind of thing. This this idea of almost, um, I don't know if the word is like asymmetry, but, uh, you know, I have a fear of I'm going to move to Costa Rica and, uh, you know, health is going to be concerned that they're you know, their healthcare system is not as good as what we perceive to be uh, the, the system in the United States. But you have just said that since you've moved there, you've been healthier, which I assume has a lot more to do with maybe some of your extracurricular activities like surfing and, you know, eating yeah. fresh food and, and being outside a lot. Um, so the reality is, as you actually go there and become more healthy, you uh, have a fear that you're going to go there and lose clients. 
And the reality is that you probably are doing better work and might be getting more clients. There's a fear of if I'm going to work with fewer clients, like you just said, going from 100 down to 30 might mean that you're going to be foregoing some revenue or or, or profit or income. And maybe the, yeah. the, the flip side is true, that you end up actually yeah. making more and being more successful. That's that's all true. The numbers have all gone up. Yeah, I mean, it's the profit's gone up. So um, I would caution people uh, who are kind of like, you know, have their eyes bugging out right now and are like, I'm going to go move to some other place, you know. <laughs> and my like, business will explode and I'll be the healthiest <laughs> I've ever, I'll ever yeah, be. Well, <laughs> no, what I was going to caution you is like, like, don't you, this is not really a thing where you can rely on the internet. You know, like you need to go to the place and be there on the ground. Um, you know, quick example, like here, there's no way we would have found the house that we're living in um, if we hadn't been on the ground meeting people who then said, oh, I know this guy who knows this. Oh, well, that person I talked to knew a guy who built a retirement house for himself in Uvita and then decided, I'm not going to retire. I want to rent it out. And he told three friends and we knew one of the friends, you know, if this is not listed on like Zillow, that's not what's happening. So there's that. I mean, there's, you come down with, a, we came down on our scouting trip with, with our daughter. We just took her around places and like, you know, I mean, things are not uh, the same here. Uh, you know, there's dogs walking around. There's uh, not everything is like buttoned up quite as tight. <laughs> You know, there's not a paved surface every 30 feet. Um, so, you know, there's things that, you know, um, are just different about having kids here. And so we had to gauge our comfort level with that. And that comfort level has, has become more elastic the longer we've been here. Um, and now I think we really do have a sense of like, hey, these are the things that are pretty risky. Like, don't walk around in the jungle at night because there's snakes that are not great. Uh, so don't do that. But like, yeah, let your kid play at the beach and run around and have fun um, and not worry about anything happening there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like your, your risk tolerance sort of changes your perception of fear and uh, you know, what could happen It all, it all, flexes and changes a bit so so listening um, to you talk I mean, about the other thing we're not even talking about languages yeah and, and we can jump into some of that stuff next but it almost sounds like uh and, and i'm just calling calling attention to this but um one should if they were considering moving abroad uh with their business and uh working in a remote type place that you are one should uh have a process and maybe go and do some discovery uh prior to fully committing to a contract <laughs> right maybe I, some I of the things you that, that, that you guys yeah. are that you do for clients i mean i can see why Going through, yeah. especially because your spouse is your business partner, going through that process together and solving those problems in your personal life, I, I always find it's interesting when um, I do I take on a challenge in my personal life, and the you know the benefits pour over into. Uh, into my business and professional life. And so I can see why, you know, just going through that process of discovery and kind of doing your due diligence and thinking about things and, and doing that, especially with your business partner, might actually give you guys some subtle benefits professionally that once the dust settles, it's like, oh, hey, we're, you know, maybe more organized and more intentional with our lives. Therefore, we're going to be more organized and intentional with our work, which I think is really Absolutely. powerful. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, just getting back really quickly to new clients, right? This idea of new clients, like, like I personally believe that like uh, one of my favorite books is Small Giants, um, which is a book all about businesses that intentionally stayed small, um, like could have could have sold for, you know, tons and tons of money and decided to stay small, stay intentional, had a purpose, and then rode that to success. And like, I, I personally think there are so many of those kind of businesses. A lot of them are run by one person or two people out there to work with like that we do work for, uh, you know, we work for a language immersion preschool in New Jersey. This literally started in a woman's basement. Now it's four locations all through New Jersey and she dominates the tri-state area in Mandarin and Spanish for kids K through two. Like that's a crazy story. That's something I'm super, super proud to be involved in. Um, There's a ton of those out there. We've met three of them here in this town that were just people that were either passing through or ended up living here for a year or were even Costa Rican. So I just think like the more conversations you have, the more you'll find those kind of businesses and those kind of clients. Um, so th- that's just an aside. But. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, and that's fascinating in and of itself that if you go and do something bold and adventurous like that, that you might even put yourself into a situation of finding more like-minded people and there's a common interest. I mean, I imagine that client, even though it's not somebody you maybe met through going to Costa Rica, but I imagine in conversations with that client being a language immersion school, uh, and you've now essentially taken an immersion approach to, uh, teaching your kids a foreign language, that that's going to be a common bond and a a strengthening, uh, characteristic, not something that's going to weaken your relationship with them. Exactly. And, and she's coming, she's coming down here for a strategy intensive next month. So like, yeah, it's, it's definitely making it. Oh my stronger. gosh. You just like, I mean, just even thinking about that, that you guys are, are very yeah. much focused on strategy and, oh, yeah. you know, planning oh, yeah. that now all of a sudden you have like a yep. entree vacation, right? You, you can bring your clients down offering. to this. Yeah. Because we know, you know, we're friends with, you know, like 50 families in the area and some of them own, you know, resorts and some of them own, you know, retreat centers. And, uh, you know, we just, so yeah, that's a new offering that we're, that we're trying, you know, kicking around is like, let's get, let's get people out of where they are, you know, get them a different perspective and do that work in a, in a cool setting and then also get to know each other on a deeper level. So so yeah, that's a pretty big opportunity. And and I want to be careful not to give our listeners advice about this topic. So I'm going to structure this question in a in a, in a specific way. But um, so let's say, for instance, you know, is there anything that you would tell your past self when you guys were thinking of making this decision and you were, um, you know, you were considering this big crazy idea? Is there anything that you would tell your, you know, Devin? two years ago, uh, to, to make sure that this happens? Like, what, what would you tell your, your past self? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think, uh, you know, we came down here with a one year horizon. Okay. So it was basically like, let's try it for a year, see how it goes. And I think, you know, I might expand that horizon a little bit, 
going into it. I mean, my expand, my horizons expanded much, much further personally, um, at this point, but, um, I don't know, man. I don't know that I would, that I would, there's a, there's a lot more that I would say other than like, you just, you have to experience it and see if it's for you. And you really can't just rely on what other people are telling you. I.e. me, right? <laughs> you need to, you need to go there and get on the ground. Um, I think mm. because we had some personal relationships, and just to give, like, to quantify that, right? So we went to that surf and yoga school, right? Everybody down here uses WhatsApp, which is just a messaging app, right? Like it's used around the world. I think it's the second largest app in the App Store. But um, I hooked up with a bunch of people on WhatsApp, and so throughout the six months where we were kind of doing the planning process. Which, by the way, just side note, I spent no more than 30 minutes a day for that six months on this project. So I just said, I'm going to do half an hour of something related to Costa Rica, the Costa Rica move for six months. And, and then it happened. Um, maybe there are a couple of days where I spent like an hour, but I was not, you know, it, it wasn't was consuming, consuming. No. And so some, some days those 30 minutes were like sending messages back and forth with people, just conversations. That's all it was, was conversations. It wasn't like scouring the internet and stuff like that. It was, it was just having conversations. Sometimes it was practicing Spanish. Sometimes it was, um, yeah, actually that's one thing I would tell myself. I probably would have taken some Spanish, uh, in the States just to get a little more of a head start on it because that's one area where I'm not as strong as I'd like to be two years in. And one area where my five-year-olds are like talking and listening circles around me. So <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they have that now, like in fairness, spongy brain advantage over you. So yeah, in, in fairness, there's two things going on there. One is they're at the prime age to learn a second language. And the, and the third or the second thing is that they get six hours of completely Spanish, like Spanish instruction a day. And so for five days a week. So, I mean, you do that, you're going to, you're going to be pretty good. So I, I, I like that. I mean, just to kind of summarize there, I mean, some of the advice you might give yourself, right. Uh, hint, hint, yeah. anybody listening is, uh, is if you are thinking about something like this, uh, go and sample it through experiencing it. Don't just think about, okay, we're going to make this big decision out of nowhere. And all of a sudden you show up in, uh, you know, a country yeah. where the time zone is totally off and you realize it's hard to maintain any, any semblance of connection to your work schedule while you're away. Uh, maybe spend more time on the language ahead of time. Um, and and I, I love this other one, which is uh, putting yourself, when you do go experience it, is putting yourself in a situation like you guys did with doing a program where you're pushed yeah. into actually meeting other locals that you can then network with and build relationships with, which I think is fundamentally different than, you know, 99% of the vacations that people take where they don't really yes. form local relationships. So I think that's super key. I could imagine, you know, going down to whatever Mexico or going down to South America yeah. and, and being a tourist and then coming back and being like, well, that was interesting. Right. But not actually having those, yeah connections to bounce ideas off of with and talk about local housing markets and talk about, you know, like yes. running, I, I imagine you maybe ran through like what if scenarios with them? Like, well, how would we do this? And how would we do this? Do you have these types of services? I mean, I imagine a lot of that stuff would only come out in those personal connections. 
Yes. I mean, those things came out over dinner. They came out, you know, with the, one of the couples that were the Bodhi surf and yoga is, you know, had kids. And so we asked them a lot of questions about their kids and Hey, what if your kid gets sick? Where do you go? And you know, uh, what's that school like, um, that, that program in particular was very tied to the local community. There was a local walk that took us through the community. I mean, this was not like going to sandals and like, you know, staying on the, the white beach with the umbrellas. This was like, you're in the community. I think finding tourism uh, opportunities like that, uh, huge, huge asset if you're going to try and move somewhere like that. Um, and, and I just think the other thing, uh, <laughs> this is kind of a funny thing, but internet speed, man, like one thing I learned is that it's okay. Like you're going to leave your hundred megabyte internet connection and you're going to freak out, but I can tell you that I get as much done with my 10 down, two up as I did with my 100 down, 50 up in Chicago. <laughs> but I need to be streaming eight different next Netflix movies simultaneously. Yeah. I'm going to... Yeah, like if I was a video production company, that might be a little different. But like I know some people who produce video down here and they like leave stuff on overnight. But um, <laughs> for uploading... I mean, but, you know, in... in yeah. I mean, that's probably its own podcast of a commentary on the American household after, you know, five o'clock of, you know, yes. eight, eight different yes. screens on streaming HD, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and maybe that's not as required down there with you guys <laughs> surfing <laughs> well, after after work, right? You know, life, life, the, the cycle of the day is a little different. You know, like we wake up really early. We go to bed pretty early. Uh, it's dark here by like 630 uh, pretty much year round. Um, and yeah, it's like, you know, the jungle wakes you up. Like you literally hear, I literally hear howler monkeys and birds, like when I wake up and then, uh, I've, I've gone really, I mean, one thing in, on the free time side, like I've become inc incredibly diligent about learning to surf and I have a really good coach down here. Who's also one of my best friends, um, in the area. And, has 35 years of, co of surfing experience. So it's like, okay, like I'm probably never going to live in a place again where the water's 79 degrees and I live 15 minutes from three surf breaks, uh, which all have different levels of difficulty and I have an amazing coach. So I go three to five times a week to try and put in that work. Asia goes and runs, you know, runs on the beach like multiple times a week um, so yeah, it's, we found ways to sort of like balance, not all work <laughs> by all means. Um, but that kind of balance has helped a lot. Devin, this has been a fascinating chat about, uh, moving our, your business abroad and, uh, making that work for an agency. There's a lot of takeaways I've got. I uh, want to encourage our listeners to check out our show notes at yougurus.com slash podcast. We're going to have all those key takeaways uh, that Devin talked about today. Uh, and uh, let's uh, jump to lightning round. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Okay. So I'm going to take it back. I've gotten some good advice, but... <clears throat> um, I'm going to take it back to the, to the musical career. <laughs> so I was talking with a bass player uh, who was, was really well known at the time. And, and I asked him, I said, Hey, like what, what makes the best bass players? And, and he said, well, the best bass players play less notes and they know where to leave notes out. 
And I said, okay, well, that's pretty cool. And I've just reflected on that over time. Like, I think it, it speaks to a lot of areas of life, but it's, it's doing less things and knowing where the spaces need to be in your life. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Uh, I would say, I don't know if this is a habit, but it's more of a trait, which is I have a, I've developed a tolerance for adversity and uh, I think I've been really blessed in my life, but um, I've done a lot of work in the outdoors. I was an outdoor guide and a lot of my mentors in that field taught me like the value of that and seeing that, you know, play out in um, just being able to keep a real level head, real level head, even when things get crazy, even when things get scary just being that level person, the most level person in the room. Can you share an internet resource or a tool that you use that our listeners would find valuable? Yeah. If you run an agency, um, we really, really, really you love harvest. Uh, we use it for invoicing, time tracking, um, even like, you know, project managing projects, um, not just time, but uh, costs and, and just being able to see the profitability of projects and things like that. We've been using that tool longer than any other tool we've used and um, it can do a lot of stuff. So we really like Harvest. And what book would you recommend and why? Okay. So I did mention a book earlier called Small Giants, which I think is a great book. But... Um, so if you're, if you're looking to stay small and, and get a lot of value out of that, I think that's a good one. But I'm cheating here, Brent, and I'm going to say one more book, which is going to be a curveball. It's called The Inner Game of Tennis. I'm holding it in my hand. It's only 134 pages. If you don't play tennis, doesn't matter. It's, it's, a, it's called The Classic Guide to mental, the Mental Side of Peak Performance. It's basically all about how to recover from things that don't go the way you want them to um, and to remove like mental blocks that are keeping you from achieving what you want. So it's a, it's a really cool take on that stuff um, using tennis as a vehicle, the inner game of tennis by Timothy Galloway. That I don't believe has come up yet on our show. Nope. So probably uh, not. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I, I love a, a new new book recommendations, and uh, I have to say, as a, as the host of this show, my reading list has definitely uh, has expanded, which has been has been a nice, pleasant side effect. So uh, Good stuff. Thanks for that recommendation. Uh, sure. Where can folks uh, find out more about you? Sure. So um, you can visit our website which is enginateworks.com, E-N-G-I-N-A-T-E works.com. And you can also find my email on there if you, uh, if you have questions. Um, I can also provide in the show notes some, some little notes about, you know, some of the things, we, just the bases we covered, the, the areas that we were thinking about when we made this move, just so you have sort of a running list of things you should at least be considering if that's helpful. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And so we'll get that from you. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. So if you guys have any questions about uh, making the move or doing something like this that uh, Devin and I have talked about 
today, uh, whether that's Costa Rica or somewhere else. Um, it'd be great to have that and share that with our, our listeners. So check that out at yougurus.com slash podcast. Click on Devin's episode and you'll find all that great stuff and links out to all the stuff that he's mentioned today on our show uh, there in our show notes. So uh, Devin, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been a, a fantastic conversation. Thanks for having me, Brent. All right. That is it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming at you on how to grow and scale your digital agency to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge is blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 